Are you in a state of recovery? Do you want more clarity and direction? Have you built your foundation and wonder what lies beyond recovery? Do you want to discover what you are truly capable of? And are you ready to discover your purpose, learn to overcome your limiting beliefs, and change your mindset? Are you ready to discover the key to living a purpose-driven life? When we recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind, and strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost, but our journey doesn't have to stop there. This is the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. After overcoming my own 20-year battle of addiction to drugs and alcohol, I have now dedicated my life to empowering those in recovery to rewire their brain so they can change their story and enhance their recovery even further. Hello, my friends, and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. My name is Tamar, and I'm going to be your host for this adventure. Now, I always share a little bit of gratitude when I first start off each episode, and today I'm grateful for the power of choice. I appreciate that we have the ability to choose whether we take action towards our goals, towards that life that we've always wanted to achieve, towards solidifying and strengthening our recovery, or we can make the choice to backslide, right? To step further away. And trust me, I've made a lot of those choices in and out of my recovery. But I am really, really grateful today for the ability to choose which direction we want to go in, right? We're not powerless over that. And I think that that's really cool because, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, Yesterday morning, I wanted to sleep in, right? I was tired, uh, took me a little bit to get to bed. And so when I when my alarm went off, I just thought, oh, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll have another two hours of sleep, right? That'll feel really good. Now, I'd already gotten enough sleep, right? I was just tired. Um, I was feeling emotional. And so instead, I chose, okay, if I get up and I work out because I want to have the energy, I want to be there for my clients, I want to be there for my purpose today, I shut my alarm off. I did my prayer, my meditation, right? I visualized the person that I wanted to be that day. And I moved on with my day. I did my exercise and I felt so much better, right? And so I could have chosen the other, right? I could have chosen to stay in bed to give myself a couple extra hours of sleep. But I knew that if I made the the choice to wake up and to get going and to do those things that enhance my recovery, that I would just have a better day. And guess what I did, right? It was a really, really great day. So if you're struggling right now, and you're making bad choices or what you perceive as bad choices, start making some different ones because we all have the power to choose. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to share that, you know, community has been such a huge part of enhancing my recovery. And I continue to meet amazing people from all over the world. And I think that's just one of the many gifts 
that we get being in recovery is we get to meet these people from all over that have the same goal, right? And that is to create a life so good for ourselves that we never want to go back to that old way of living. And I think, you know, the podcast is such an amazing platform that allows me the ability to make these new connections. And one of the connections that I made over the last six months was with my friend Lane Kennedy from the Connected Calm Life. And Lane has gone and created a community for women in recovery and has graciously allowed me to be a part of that community as a co-host and a contributor. So if you're feeling stuck, you know, maybe you've stopped drinking and you're thinking, well, now what? You know, maybe you still get angry over the small stuff. You feel irritated all the time. Uh, Maybe you're feeling isolated. I know a lot of people are feeling isolated or you feel like you're doing all the right things, but yet something just doesn't feel quite right. This community may be a really good fit for you. So if you want to check it out, head on over to members.connectedcomlife.com and join us. Currently, as I record this episode, there is no members fee, but that will change soon. I'm also going to have Lane on the podcast next week and we'll talk a little bit more about the community and what's involved, what you're going to get. So many amazing things. You have heard me talk about the Change Your Brain Masterclass, which if you are a member of the community, you will get that for absolutely free. So come check out the community. Again, that's members.connectedcomlife.com and we'll see you there. So today I want to talk about coping with grief in recovery. And I thought about this topic because I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and we were talking about the experience that I'm going through right now. It's the first time I've gone through something like this and she had actually gone through this as well in early recovery. And so as we were talking about it, she asked me, you know, are you going to share this on your podcast? And you know, really just for the purpose of if other people are going through this as well, maybe they can learn from your experience. And I said, well, I hadn't really thought about it because I'm still learning how to cope with this experience. I'm trying to identify the emotions I'm feeling. I'm working on feeling them, having a good cry when I need to. And so I hadn't really thought about it. And she said, well, you know, had I heard someone share what they were going through as they were going through it in early recovery, that would have really helped me. And so I decided that today I wanted to talk about coping with grief in recovery. Now, here's the thing. We don't know what we don't know, right? When we haven't gone through a specific experience, we're not really sure how we're going to respond to it, right? We're not sure the emotions that we're going to feel because it's new. And new can feel uncomfortable sometimes. I know that for myself in early recovery, when I learned how to feel for the first time, it was very uncomfortable, right? I didn't like crying. I didn't like showing my vulnerability because I had always grown up in an environment where it just kind of keep it to yourself, right? Suck it up. And I always thought that showing my feelings or being vulnerable showed weakness, but I have learned that it's actually the complete opposite. The being vulnerable, being able to say that you're not okay, being emotional um, is actually courage. It's strength, 
right? And so I look at feelings very different, but it doesn't mean that what I'm experiencing, those feelings that come along with that experience are not going to be uncomfortable sometimes because when you don't know how to how to feel, right? You've never gone through this before. You're going to go through those waves of emotions, right? One minute you'll be happy, the next minute you'll be sad, the next minute you'll be angry, right? There is that cycle that we go through when it does come to grief. So I wanted to talk about that today because I think, you know, in that first um, 10 years of recovery that I've had, I've built up a lot of resilience. I've done that as a result of going through the 12 steps. I have built that foundation. I have learned that it doesn't matter what comes my way, what life throws at me, especially this last year, that I can make it through anything, any situation that comes at me. And in the past, I would have drank over it, right? I would have used a drug. Um, I would have binge ate. Now, food is something that I'm currently working on because I got to be honest, there are times where I'm feeling emotional where I do eat a tub of ice cream, right? And so that's another area that I have to look at, and especially right now because health is at the top of my priority. And so, you know, when I do eat that ice cream, it sets me back, right? It makes me feel like crap, just like drinking and drugs did way back in the day. But I think that building that foundation in early recovery and continuing to do the things that I need to do, right? I mean, I've slipped, I've slipped back, not drank over it, but, you know, gotten complacent and then I've had to pick it back up, right? I have had to continue to do the things that got me here in the first place and that have helped me build this life. And as a result, and as a result of being able to move through experiences and not revert back to old behaviors, I've been able to develop that resilience. Now, when it comes to grief and loss, I'm definitely no stranger. I mean, the longer you stay in recovery, the more loss you see, right? The reality is, is that many of us in recovery do not make it. Um, So many people relapse. I mean, I have one friend of mine that we're still going strong together where we got sober two weeks apart that is still walking this journey with me, but almost everybody else that got clean and sober around the same time we did has either relapsed or passed away majority have passed away and so you continue to see this and it's just the it's the reality of a life in recovery right we see this loss so having that experience is something i'm very familiar with it never feels good but it's just something that you know you're in recovery if people stop doing the work they end up relapsing we know the outcome and so One of the things, though, I've never had to look at before, and even though you know, I'm aware of it, obviously, is, you know, how are you going to feel when your parents aren't here anymore? Because like I've talked about, I had a really good upbringing, right? Um, My dad was very hard on me, but in a good way. He wanted the best for me. Uh, My mom was the caretaker, right? She was the stay-at-home mom, which I'm so grateful for. But when it came to my addiction, you know, my dad was that tough love guy which really helped and my mom was kind of the savior like if I needed money or I needed to be bailed out she was always there so she enabled my addiction in in a way and then when I got sober 
you know, my dad became one of my biggest fans. You know, we're working on a documentary together, which is very cool. He is starting to really learn about what it means to be in recovery, what it means to be an addict, all that kind of fun stuff. And we've been able to build this incredible relationship as a result. And, you know, with my mom, early on in recovery, she never understood why I had to you know, put the work into my recovery and maybe not always be able to spend time. And and maybe I had to cancel an evening because somebody in, in recovery needed my help and I had to give back to others, right? So there's there's been sometimes that lack of understanding. And I think the longer I stay sober, the more she sees, and especially after reading my book, the more she sees that, you know, I need to do this. This is just not stuff that I can just stop doing to spend time with family because, me staying sober allows me to continue to take part as a family member. So this past December, and I also want to share this part of the story because I think that it's important, is that the Sunday before I found out that my mom had been diagnosed with stage three cancer, we also had a really great chat And it was something that was on my heart. It was something that I struggled with, you know, the dynamic in our family, wanting to spend time with, you know, one part of the family at Christmas time, but also not wanting to, you know, not spend time with my mother, but how how I could divide that, like how it looked. And so I've always had a hard time around the holidays as a result of that. And we had a really good conversation around this topic. And I feel like we really came to a solution right, that was good for both of us that allowed me to continue to set those boundaries, because that's something I need to work on, right, and work on that codependency. Well, it was just that Wednesday after that I was in the middle of teaching one of my classes, and she had called several times. Now, I am one of those people that if you call me, I will call you back, right? I don't ignore people for a reason unless it's a telemarketer. And so, you know, I'm looking at my phone in the middle of class and it was a third time it had rang and I just, I had this feeling, right? Normally I would phone back and say, what? Right? Like you can leave me a message. But for some reason I didn't do that on this evening, right? I was finished my class um, after the third time she had called and I picked up the phone and I said, are you okay? And she said, I have cancer. And I paused for a second. You know, it's it's surreal almost to hear that because we know that our parents are not going to be here forever. I know many people who have already lost their parents at a very young age, but it was just something that I had never really thought about before, right? Unless you're confronted with this experience, it's not something that you actively think about. So that evening, after talking to my mom for a little bit, I called my dad. Um, We had a good conversation. I talked to my brother and I reached out to a friend in recovery and just let her know what I was going through. And it really hit me, you know, that thought that, wow, like this is really happening. And here's the thing. This is a new feeling for me, right? And because feeling my emotions is something that I continue to work on. It's a it's a journey that I continue to expand um, by, you know, my meditation, my prayer, by sharing my feelings with some somebody. This is, this was a feeling that, you know, this kind of sadness, this kind of grief was very unfamiliar. So it was very uncomfortable and it's confusing, right? Because you just, 
the reality is, and, and we still, as I record this, don't know what the end result is going to be. Um, but this is a whole new journey. And this isn't a journey that, you know, I can just grieve and get over and move on. I mean, this is going to affect obviously my mother greatly, and it's going to affect our family and how we live and the time that I have to give to support her, right? Which, you know, another gift of recovery is that I've been able to leave my full-time job. So I don't have a boss that I have to ask permission to take time off to be able to be there for my mom when she needs me, which is super, super cool. So see, through this experience, I think that that is one of the ways that we do cope is trying to look for the good in it, right? Um, our family got together as I record this this past weekend, and it was really great to hang out. And, you know, because we don't see each other a lot. So there is a lot of good that can come out of grief that you're feeling. You just have to make sure that you're continuously looking for the things you appreciate. You're continuously looking for the things that you're grateful for. And that is what I have done during this process. So obviously there are the seven stages of grief, right? That shock and denial, I think that was that first initial feeling I had felt when my mom called. Um, then came the pain and guilt uh, because of course I have had to set boundaries, right? Um, that relationship that we've had has been codependent, right? I turned to my mom when my dad was, you know, the perceived bad guy. And so there was also that guilt of having to set those boundaries and and feeling the pain of, of her having to go through this, right? And then there's that anger. There's that, you know, because I have faith and I know that everything happens for a reason, but it's hard not to question if you have a higher power, you believe in God to go like, why? Why is this happening? You know, and then it sunk into the depression. It was that feeling of, you know, kind of you feel almost helpless because there's nothing you can do um, other than support that person when they need it. You know, but there were times that I didn't want to get out of bed, right? That I would rather just sleep in, that I would rather just lay on the couch and, and binge out on Netflix. Um, you know, one of the evenings I hadn't reached out on time and I had, you know, half a pint of ice cream and I finished it off later on that evening. Um, you know, and then you get, of course, that upward turn. And I think that for those of us who learn to discover our purpose in recovery, that is something that's inevitable, right? When I'm creating content, right? When I'm working on social media content, when I am, you know, I'm currently creating a summit, it's called the Rise Beyond Recovery Summit. And it's something that's been on my heart for over a year now. You start to get that, that upward swing, right? You start to feel better. And, you know, this is why I always encourage people in recovery. Like if you're feeling lost, if you're struggling, if you're, you're settling for a life that you're not happy with, you know, find something that, that you're passionate about and start to do it more often because it helps get us out of that depression because it's easy for us to isolate. We're right. We were so good at it. I was so good at it in my addiction. I did it all the time and I've done it in my recovery as well. Right. And then of course there's the reconstruction and working through it. And 
I just, I know that I'm going to continue to go through these different stages as we continue to get more news about what's going to happen and what the journey is going to look like, because it's going to be a tough journey for her, right? And I know that I'm going to have to be their support. And I know that these are all going to be new emotions that I have to feel. And so, you know, it's, it's working through that and just always seeing the light, even when things look dark. And then of course, at the end, you have that acceptance and hope, which, you know, we're going to keep going through this cycle. And I'm well aware that as the news progresses, things could go back to that shock and denial again, right? But I think something valuable to note here is that it's okay that I don't know exactly what to expect. It's okay that there's days where I just want to break down and cry. It's okay when I feel angry, right? Because I don't know if you're anything like me and you're used to suppressing your feelings and, you know, I have done this in my recovery as well, you start to get angry with feeling the way you're feeling, right? You start to tell yourself, well, I shouldn't feel like this anymore. You know, I've been crying for two days now. I got to stop. Now, it's one thing to continue to cry and be in the solution, right? And just experience your feelings. But it's another thing to slip into that depression and stay there and only focus on the negative, right? And so it's okay to not know, right? I was always told in early recovery to get rid of two statements, I know and I should. (laughs) And You know, for me, the reason I wanted to share this today is because it is a very, very new feeling for me and it's something I'm learning to navigate through. And so I'm going to share about this um, over the next, you know, however long this takes of how I'm coping with this, you know, the actions that I'm taking. And I want to share some of the solutions that I've learned over the last month and how I'm dealing with this. So one of the solutions that I have found is really working for me is to lean into your support network, right? If you don't have one, start to build one. And these people create a safe space for me to allow to deal with this, to allow that healing process, right? I can go and have a good cry. We can talk about a solution, you know, what I can do to turn my mood around and be optimistic, right? So number one, first and foremost, we don't ever have to go through any of this alone. So if you need a support network, right? I told you earlier about the Connected Calm Life community, like come join that. You're gonna get a lot of meditation stuff and and so much other cool stuff. But first and foremost, build that support network, right? I have a group of women that will lift me up when I'm not strong enough to lift myself up, right? We all need that. Number two, I lean into my recovery more, right? I surround myself with people in recovery. I go to meetings because I have, again, that safe space in which I can express myself and I can also find a solution, right? So make sure you're engaging in your recovery more, right? Lean harder into it. Don't lean away from it. Don't isolate because that's what I used to do. And I did that in my fifth or sixth year of recovery is I stopped going, right? I stopped being around that support network that I talked about. And so that could have easily led to a relapse. And last but not least is realizing that every day I get to make a choice. And do I recognize what I need to do to make myself better? 
and enhance my recovery? Or do I start to want to make those choices that sabotage my progress, right? Like the other day, wanting to sleep in, not exercising, binge eating, right? Eating ice cream, that kind of stuff. So realizing that I have the power to choose no matter what part of the grief uh, cycle that I'm going through is that every day I have the power to make a decision to do something that brings me towards a better recovery or away from it. So choose, right? What are you thinking about this morning when you wake up? Are you thinking about doom and gloom? Or are you thinking about what you can do to contribute, to give back, right? To support. So those are some of the areas that I've really been working on right now. Of course, in those good choices, I have been really watching what I eat, right? I asked a friend of mine to be an accountability partner. So she's actually, she's a trainer and she's looking at my food every day. And I've asked her specifically to help me be accountable because food is currently my drug of choice. And so get that accountability too, right? If you if there's an area that you're making bad choices in, find somebody who is doing what you'd like to do and ask them if you could be accountability buddies, right? Because I find that that goes along with that amazing support network is that find someone specifically that's working on an area that you need to improve, right? So for me, it's waking up, continuing to do my prayer, my meditation, right? I do my appreciation rants, which is I leave a three minute voice memo for two friends of mine that do it right back to me. And I share everything I'm appreciated that day, right? Or I'm appreciating, I should say. And then I get up, I do my workout, and then I get to work, right? I do things that I love to do. I get creative, I get to talk to amazing people. And so that has kept me in a positive mindset, no matter what I'm going through right now, no matter the emotions I'm feeling. So if you need support, make sure you reach out. You can always email me at Tamar, T-A-M-A-R, at theroadforward.ca. And, you know, even if you have some ideas of how you've dealt with grief, right? Because this is new to me, right? So I'm only sharing my experience as I'm moving through it. Make sure you reach out. And of course, like I mentioned earlier, if you want a community because you're feeling stuck, you stop drinking, now what, right? Maybe you're angry about the small stuff, you're feeling isolated, come join my friend Lane Kennedy and I at the Connected Calm Life community. You can come and join us at members.connectedcalmlife.com. And next week, you're in for a treat because Lane is going to be on the show sharing her story and we'll talk more about the community then. All right, guys, see you next week. I have had the privilege to walk alongside of many people who have built their foundation and further enhanced their recovery. But unfortunately, there are still so many people who are still suffering that need our help. The Road Beyond Recovery podcast is a proud sponsor of Touched by Addiction. Addiction thrives in isolation and darkness. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. So if you or someone you know has been affected by addiction, there is help. At Touched by Addiction, we are dedicated to exposing addiction and ending the plague. Be that beacon of hope and light that so many desperately need. Each t-shirt or sweater you buy helps to get a struggling addict off the streets and into a year-long addiction treatment program. If you want to support the movement, go to www.touchedbyaddiction.com.